Hello? And I'm not into that. But I'm a hopeless romantic. I am the worst homosexual. But, like, just know that. The most viral gay podcast to ever exist across the world, because those don't exist. It feels like a party every day. Hey, just say, just fucking kidding. My life is miserable and I'm ready to cry every five minutes. Just kidding, I'm being dramatic, but only a little bit. Hi, everyone. So rude of me not to introduce myself again. Hi, it's me, Brian. Forget me. Don't. I'm back. How long I'm back for? I don't know. I'm like your toxic ex that'll never go away. They'll always be in your brain, no matter how hard you try to get rid of them. That's me, Brian, the host of The Whole Hole. Anyways, welcome back to another episode of The Whole Hole with me, Brian, your host, duh, who else? Um, And I'm back. I'm here. I'm here to fill you in on a little life update. I'm here to talk about some things. We're going to have a great discussion today. And by discussion, I mean, ow, what the fuck did I just stab my foot on? Probably the falling fucking ceiling. That's fucking fantastic. Excuse me, I have Ajita. What am I doing? Why am I here? What are we going to talk about? Well, let's just like, as Doja Cat once said, get into it. She sings that, right? Uh, get into it, yeah. Put up with a shot. Uh, get into it, yeah. I don't know. I'd ask Alexa, but um, we don't have one of those right now. Kitchen update. Pow! Um, we still don't have one. Still don't have a kitchen. It's August 8th at this very moment um, that I'm speaking to you all. August 8th, no kitchen. Um, we're looking at it about an October 31st due date. It's basically like I'm pregnant, okay? Thank you very much. Um, we live in a 1,300-square-foot apartment. We currently live in 300 square feet of that. I don't know if that's accurate or not, but that's what it feels like. So, like, our apartment, we have... It's technically three bedrooms with an office. So, it's three bedrooms an office, a living room, a kitchen, a pantry, a back deck. At this very moment, there is a body bag, okay? There's a body bag over the entrance to the kitchen from our hallway, okay? So all we have on this side of the house that's accessible, that won't catch the house on fire, is the bathroom that smells like absolute feces from um, the moldy pipes, and our two bedrooms and our spare bedroom, which has now been turned into our makeshift living makeshift living room, which is where I'm currently living now. Living as in filming this episode for you all. We've made it our own. We've definitely made it homey. Um, but let me just tell you right now, I can't do this. Okay? I can't do it. I came home yesterday after being gone for the weekend and Madison had her fucking laundry on the couch it was clean i think but she was like i'm gonna fold it it's been here all day girl we only have three rooms in this house now that two of which are our bedrooms get your fucking nasty ass fucking bralettes and fucking training bras out of my fucking face put them in your damn bedroom where it already has mice and get over it okay love you girlfriend but we are probably going to get divorced within the next two months and if not move over to our significant others because life is uh, we might just get married at that point if we if we're able to survive that madison also got flowers from her coworkers, so they're currently sitting on our our coffee table dead um with the fake flowers 
So I'm just gonna leave them here and see how long it takes her to throw them out because I guarantee you they will sit right here on this coffee table in our fake living room until the day we move back into our real living room. Okay, so we currently have one, two, three, four body bags in our apartment blocking off entrances. Um, if I went into the kitchen right now, I could see the outside from my house. Um, it's gonna look great. I have zero confidence that it's gonna be done this year zero confidence and I've made it very clear that I will not be dealing with that because um, I'm currently looking at my TV which is resting on a sideways dresser with a piece of wood flaps from the twin size bed going across it to hold up the TV since it's bigger than the, the, the small dresser with a fake plant next to it with my suitcase and an off uh, an off-centered map of Broadway and to my left there is a mattress that some may call child abuse, and a box spring immediately on top of our couch, okay? So I have actually completely fucking lost my mind. How is therapy, you ask? Not good, bitch. Therapy is not real. I still haven't found a therapist. I reach out to a new therapist every single day of the week, literally send one email a day, okay? One email a day. Sometimes if I get a little frisky, I send three. Zero responses. And the responses that I have received say that they only do out of pocket, which would be a hundred and something dollars and or two hundred and something dollars. And I can bill insurance later. My bitch ass has to buy breakfast, lunch and dinner every single day and hope and pray to Jesus fucking Christ himself that I get reimbursed for even five dollars of it. OK, my credit score is going to plummet. Plummet. This is my 13th reason. OK, there's been a lot going on this week, a lot. We have the Lizzo allegations, which I will talk a little bit about per Kylie's request. Just a little bit, like literally three seconds, because I don't want to enforce my opinion on a situation that I'm not a part of. But who the fuck am I kidding? I will always insert my opinion. So stay tuned for that. Um, let's see. What else? Work is absolutely fucking awful, if you were curious. Um, every single day that I'm there, I contemplate if I actually know what I'm doing and if my work is appreciated. Anybody else feel like that? Sound off in the comments because it's definitely one of those vibes. Okay. And hmm, summer's coming to an end. That's, I think, the biggest piece of news we have here for you. And so since summer's coming to an end, I just don't know where I'm going. The fall semester is absolutely going to be awful. So excited for all the things we're going to be doing at work. Also, absolutely scared shitless. So that's fucking really awesome. I'm also being left on open currently. So that's also really awesome. Anyways, anyone who knows me, there we go. English is not my forte. Anyone who knows me knows that Lizzo is my bitch. I love her. I found her. I swear to God, I was the first person to ever listen to her music. Okay. I will fight you on that. If you are living above ground, you have seen the allegations against Lizzo that have already started dwindling down literally less than seven days since... The allegations happened. Let me kind of go into a little bit of understanding as to what happened um, so that we can kind of talk about it a little bit and move on from it. Because, again, not my circumstances, not my situation. I don't want to claim to sit here and, and know what happened because I will always be the person that's like, you believe the, the victims and you believe the people who are claiming these things unless proven otherwise. So Lizzo, okay, a woman who has built her brand on body positivity and 
empowering music about it, is currently facing lawsuits about serious allegations which have claims that she created things like a hostile work environment and engaged in sexual harassment with not only her backup dancers, but her um, dance captain and all of that. Lizzo has obviously denied these allegations, which have also raised questions about how she treats other people, her employees, and then also the reality of the image that she's cultivated over time as a plus-size champion and a woman of color. And so what I'm going to read here is kind of the lawsuit in layman's terms and very quickly. And so it says that the lawsuit filed by three of Lizzo's former dancers this week also alleges misconduct by her production company, Big Girl Big Touring Inc., and her team captain, Shirlene Quigley. Among the claims included in the suit is that Lizzo pressured dancers into unwanted sexual situations, made statements that were perceived as thinly veiled comments about a dancer's weight gain, and put people through grueling rehearsals that led to one dancer soiling herself. So obviously, as every person who's ever been accused and or uh, attacked basically for anything that they've ever done, whether rightfully so or inaccurately represented, has released a note statement saying how everything has been very gut-wrenching and the work ethic and morals and things have, have been questioned. And that means that her character has also been in question. And she, she makes a point to state that she would usually never respond to false allegations, but these are unbelievable and quote, as they sound in too outrageous is not to be addressed. Um, she did a great job of addressing it. I don't think it necessarily answered any questions, but she definitely attacked it as fast as she could. As we know, Lizzo is known for songs like Good As Hell, Truth Hurts, but she's also been synonymous with catchy tracks that have usually had this overwhelmingly positive message. She's also a plus-size black artist, and she's repeatedly called out the criticism and abuse of plus-size women of color and what they face in society today, and has always sought to promote better beauty standards for that. Previously, before she started going on tour, she launched a size-inclusive shapewear line called Yiddy, and she also had a reality show called Watch Out for the Big Girls, which aimed to spotlight and cast plus-size dancers, which two of the plaintiffs, so two of the people that are um, accusing Lizzo of these actions, Ariana Davis and Crystal Williams, appeared on Watch Out for the Big Girls. The potential harassment detailed in the lawsuit, though, calls this message and her image into question, which also highlights the relative lack of oversight for artists in the music industry. So attorney Rob Zambrano said in a statement that, quote, the stunning nature of how Lizzo and her management team treated their performers seems to go against everything Lizzo stands for publicly. While privately she might shames her dancers and deems them in ways that are not legal, but absolutely demoralizing the plaintiffs. The allegations briefly explained that were brought up by Crystal Williams, Ariana Davis, and Noelle Rodriguez alleges nine areas of misconduct in total related to their experience on Lizzo's special tour. I saw the tour, fantastic tour, absolutely loved it, which is why some of these allegations I, in full transparency, question just by seeing the kind of artist that she is and having followed her since the start of her fame. Again, I'm not, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but I'm also not here to say anything that's a lie or to sit here and just give you, you know, what you want to hear. I'm here to tell you, tell you my thoughts. Some of these claims, however, are made against all three defendants, which include Lizzo, her dance captain, Quigley, and Big Girl Touring Company, while others are only alleged to some of the defendants. Additionally, some of the claims are made by all three plaintiffs, while others are only made by individuals. 
It says, the civil lawsuit was filed in Los Angeles Superior Court and could result in monetary damages for the plaintiffs if it were to move forward and the defendants were found liable. However, prior to filing the suit, Davis and Williams had been filed from the dance troupe, while Rodriguez said she had resigned over how poorly her colleagues were treated. The allegations made against all three defendants included a hostile work environment that featured sexual harassment, a failure to prevent or remedy sexual harassment in the workplace, and a failure to prevent or remedy religious harassment in the workplace. These three individuals who are putting up these allegations against Lizzo, her dance captain, and her company were claimed to be made by their employment how it was precarious and that they had to comply with requests that usually would make them uncomfortable in order to continue their jobs and working. So, for example, some of these requests were of sexual nature, including, among other things, pressure from Lizzo to attend a performance with new dancers in Amsterdam, to eat bananas placed in new dancers' genitalia, and pressure on one of the plaintiffs to touch a dancer's breasts, though other allegations were tied to her religious harassment. This suit alleges Quigley, the dance captain, who spoke extensively about her religious views as a Christian and berated those who didn't share these beliefs. It claims that one dancer's virginity was frequently discussed without her consent and that dancers were pressured to participate in group Christian prayer, regardless of their religious beliefs. All three defendants did little to remedy such actions despite knowing about them, which is what's claimed in the lawsuit. If you go back and watch any of the interviews that these individuals, the plaintiffs have made since their allegations have come light, have come to light, you'll notice that a lot of the things that they're talking about are just things that they didn't want to do, but did because it felt as though they had to do it in order to keep their jobs. And again, I'm not sitting here saying that that's not accurate and that that's not something that they feel as though they had to do in order for job security to be something. However, you also have to kind of flip the coin and think about it. It's not looking too good for the plaintiffs if their argument is that they just didn't want to and they did it because they felt as though they had to do it. There's no fact based behind that allegation. And again, I'm not trying to sit here and be somebody who doesn't believe the victims, doesn't believe people who are making these allegations. And by all means, these three probably did feel as though they had to do something for job security. And that's not okay. I think that the one in question here is Quigley, the dance captain, with this religious... Um, berating personality and enforcing everybody on the group and on the troop and in the the organization to kind of feel as though they had to believe the way that she did i think that's definitely something that's that's not appropriate but it's not supreme court serious in my opinion i think that all of the causes of action have some merit though and some chance of succeeding but in my opinion the strongest cause of action is the sexual harassment charge I think it's likely that a reasonable person would think that behavior created a hostile work environment because of the fact that they felt as though if they didn't do something, they were going to be reprimanded for it. Another part of the lawsuit highlights concerns that Lizzo had allegedly expressed about Davis's struggles on tour, which include comments who she like, that she perceived as thinly veiled and concerns about her weight gain. These statements, which kind of follow allegations and alleged remarks that Lizzo were previously made about Davis's weight, which the suit claims led her to feel self-conscious and required to speak on this issue. However, the suit also details a grueling surprise audition that dancers already hired on the tour had to undergo in order to keep their position positions, which that is when Davis ended up soiling herself out of fear that she would lose her spot as a dancer if she went to the restroom. This is where Davis claims that she was given the transparent shorts to change into. But Lizzo has denied these allegations and has yet to signal what steps she plans to take, if any. When we think about Davis's case and this surprise audition, I come from the theater background. I come from the background of 
seeing professional dancers, not myself, but seeing um, professional troops, professional acting companies, professional dancers, surprise auditions and or like checkups and things like that are not unheard of and they're not something that shouldn't be happening take it like a pop quiz we don't like pop quizzes but they have to happen in order to understand if something is actually being done and if something is actually being learned or uh, retained and in this situation by all means it's awful that davis soiled herself it's awful that she was then claiming that she was given transparent shorts so that she could be kind of excommunicated from the rest of the group and exploited in front of them however that allegation is a little bit more out of left field because of the fact that that could be something that was signed in the contract. If you think about it, like there's an episode of Black Mirror that just came out where we're signing all these like terms and conditions of Apple and Netflix and and we don't actually know the pages and pages and pages of things that is being said. However, we could sit there and say like you could look in there and we just signed away the fact that they could take our faces and do anything they want with them. In their contract, it most likely says something about having to upkeep the same weight, the same hairstyle, the same body image. Like, if you look at anything about Broadway actors and actresses, when they sign contracts to be in Broadway shows, they sign that they won't get different nail polish than their character has, and they won't gain weight, or they won't change their hairstyle, they'll work out. Like, it's all very important. You may also wonder, and I know at the beginning of this, I said I was going to take like three seconds to talk about it, but as I started talking about it, I realized it blends perfectly into today's conversation anyways. Um, Why is this lawsuit so significant? This has nothing to do with Lizzo when it comes to it. Lizzo is the person that's currently being, you know, the allegations are against. But the lawsuit underscores the poor working conditions in the music industry and the lack of accountability that exists for such abuses. Tours have long hours, difficult physical labor, short-term contracts are very common, while also institutional oversights of individual artists isn't always present. So other artists like Cher and Britney Spears have been sued by their employees in the past for alleged discrimination and battery, respectfully, for example. Cher's case was dismissed and Spears settled. So what we've heard from these plaintiffs definitely lends itself to harassment and exploitation. There's no question about that. But in this case, for example, there are not clear lines between employees' own time and their jobs while on tour. That's what we don't know, and I think that's what we need to remember. It's definitely felt more surprising to a lot of people, given the public positions Lizzo's taken on promoting women's empowerment and celebrating plus-size bodies. And aspects of this lawsuit, so for example, such as the alleged statements concerning weight, appear to directly contradict those stances. Other developments have brought attention to the case as well, including Beyonce's decision not to mention Lizzo's name while singing her song that references her in her recent concert here in Boston. But that was also something that wasn't the first time she had done that either. I think we are so quick to look at things and be like, this is what's happening. And for some fans, past lyrics in Lizzo's song Rumors have taken on different uh, different statements in the wake of these lawsuits. So in that song, Rumors, she refers to people trying to sue her, NDAs, and sings about not caring about legal matters. My final thing that I will say in the case of Lizzo, because in my opinion, I believe that Lizzo stands for what she stands for. She is all about body positivity. She would never be the one that would do something like this. I do believe her team has something to do with it, possibly. I also do believe that her dance captain is the main perpetrator in this situation and should be let go. Um, but the suit, this lawsuit is also a renewing discussion among pop culture about the need for stars to be held responsible for bad behavior and also the disparities that continue to exist 
on that spectrum. Like, anyone fielding such allegations, Lizzo should face the legal process and the potential consequences consequences for any harm she's caused. I'm not sitting here saying that she's innocent, but I'm also not saying that she's guilty, and I don't think anybody should be either. We're not the people in this situation. But she's also likely to get more blowback for such a lawsuit than a white male star like Brad Pitt or Johnny Depp, both of who have fielded allegations of abuse and denied them. Which, in today's society, Lizzo will experience more blowback due to sexism, racism, and fat phobia she has to deal with. And that's just cut point and blank. Moving on, leave it there. Today's conversation is all about how to deal with toxic people. Toxic people at home, toxic people in the workplace, toxic people in your life in general. Everything about being toxic, about having toxic energy in your life is what we are going to talk about today. I am so excited. This is like my therapy for me because let me tell you right now, toxicity is running rampant at the nine to five. Ladies, gays, days, everybody on and off the binary, on the binary, trans, rights, human rights, Black Lives Matter, all of it. We all know that one person who leaves us feeling worse after even the simplest of interactions with them. Maybe it's a manipulative family member. Maybe it's your cousin. Maybe it's your brother. Maybe it's your teacher. Maybe it's your coworker. Maybe it's your best friend who can't stop complaining about every little thing. Maybe it's the random fucking person walking on the side of the road that doesn't pick up their dog shit. It's common to refer to these people as toxic. But it's important to keep in mind that this term isn't grounded in psychology and does not have a simple definition. There are a lot of things in society today that we say and that we use that technically don't mean what we are using that word for. So, for example, like, I don't know if that made any sense, but like flower is a flower, right? I wouldn't sit there and be like, you're acting like a flower. Like, no. But if I was to sit here and be like, um, gaslighting or abusive, right? If, if I'm sitting here and I'm saying, let's say I'm a teacher and I'm sitting at the front of the room and a student has to go to the bathroom. And I'm like, can you finish one word problem and then go to the bathroom? And they say, you're being abusive. That's not what that word means, right? That's kind of what we mean by toxic. Toxic doesn't have a simple definition. If you have a hard time dealing with someone in your life, it's usually helpful to kind of pinpoint those problematic behaviors, figure out where they come from, figure out what makes them happen, to figure out that solution rather than just labeling them as being toxic. This is where like therapy Brian comes into play. I'm not a licensed therapist. Let me say that right now, like I always say, but I have gone to therapy, lived experience. And what I'm trying to say is it's important to kind of understand before judging or before, you know, explaining why this is. And that's a lot coming from me because I'm the first person that'll walk out the front door and judge everyone through and through. When I was doing some research to understand a little bit more about toxic people and, and how do we deal with them and why do we deal with them and what does it mean, Barry Suzkind, Barry Suzkind, a therapist in Los Angeles, specializes in relationships, shared some key signs of toxicity. These are five things. Self-absorption or self-centeredness, manipulation and other emotional abuse, dishonesty and deceit, difficulty offering compassion to others, and a tendency to create drama or conflict. Sound familiar to you? So I'm going to go through some tips and some lived experiences and some ways to respond to this type of behavior. And I would love it if you kind of listened, heard it, experienced it, shared, opened up a little bit if you felt the need to. 
But my big, big, big number one thing when it comes to toxic people and something that I'm working on is to avoid playing into their reality. Some people will have a tendency to see themselves as the victim in every situation. If they mess up, they might shift the blame to someone else or they might tell a story that paints them in a more positive light. As an individual, with my lived experience, I've experienced this a lot in the workplace where it's this positive reinforcement, right? Like if somebody else is experiencing something positive, they have to then turn it into, oh, well, I did this because they then need that constant reassurance as well. And you as an individual might feel tempted to nod and smile and in order to prevent whether it's an angry outburst or a response or just a question at the end of the day, because it might feel like the safest option, but it can also encourage them to see you as a supporter. So what I would, would recommend and something that I have very little experience in doing because it stresses me out a lot because of my anxiety is try respectfully disagreeing instead. Try respectful disagreement instead. You might say something like, I had a different take on the situation and describe what really happened. Stick to the facts without making accusations. Because while your disagreement might upset them, it might also lower the chances that they'll try involving you again. The goal is to not settle the conversation. The goal is to just avoid playing into what they're looking for. People who are usually looking for some way of toxic relationships, toxic entities, toxic um, relationships are trying to get more from you. And so by doing this and by saying, well, I kind of saw it a little bit differently, you're actually then making it clear that you're paying attention. Which then leads me to the understanding of don't get drawn in. Dealing with someone's toxic behavior can be exhausting and it may make you want to just sit back and be like, you're right, moving on. They might constantly complain about others, always have a new story about unfair treatment. They may have an excuse for everything. They may have some way of saying that you're not doing something right or that you're not a good friend, a coworker, an employee, or they may even accuse you of wronging them or not caring about their needs. I urge you to resist the urge to jump on that complaining train with them or defend yourself against accusations. Instead, just respond with a simple, I'm sorry you feel that way and leave it at that move on. It's not worth it. And if it was worth it, then you would say something about, you know, I didn't see it that way. Go back to the point where you don't go into their reality. Rather, you reframe it and you rephrase it. Pay attention to how they make you feel. Sometimes it's just as simple as becoming more aware of how someone's toxic behavior can affect you and how you can feel better and navigate with those interactions with them. Every single interaction you have with a person is going to be different. I interact differently with my coworkers than I'm going to interact with my friends. And I like to think that I have a very clear cut, I interact the same way across the board, but that's not true. Most people will occasionally say rude or hurtful things that they don't mean. No one feels their best all the time, and being in a bad mood can make you lash out, can make you have repercussions, can make you sit there and be like, fuck you, bitch, you stupid whore. It's not necessarily toxic. But ask yourself if put-downs, lies, or any other type of emotional and verbal abuse characterize most of your interactions. Do they apologize or seem to notice how and what they say and how it affects you? Because if they do, then that's one thing. But if they're not, why is that happening? Pinpoint it. Again, back to question number one. Pinpoint it. Figure it out. It's also important to remember, though, and this is one thing that Again, I constantly tell myself, I have a sticky note on my desk. 
Personal struggles don't excuse abuse, and you don't have to accept it either. Let me say that again. Personal struggles do not excuse abuse, and you do not have to accept it either. My next point is that if there is a behavior or something that you're not enjoying or that you feel as though is coming off the wrong way, talk to them about it. Someone who gossips, me, oops, my be real literally was captioned hashtag, hashtag gossip girl, manipulates others or creates dramatic situations, might not even realize how their behavior affects you or anyone else. An open conversation may help them realize this behavior is unacceptable. I've been in situations at, at work where I overheard conversations because our office space isn't very large, everyone talks very loudly, and I shouldn't have heard the conversations that were happening. And what did I choose to do but not talk about them? Instead, I chose to run from the situation, almost quit, leave, all of these different things. And that's not beneficial because one, the person that did these things isn't going to know that what they did was wrong. Even if they didn't know I was there and I could hear them, they're still not going to know that those conversations are not appropriate and they're not welcome. So in order to keep things neutral, try to stick to statements like I, I statements, which feel less accusatory for the other person, but they also set boundaries that work for you. Boundaries is my biggest thing, especially when it comes to toxic people, workplace environments, friends, colleagues, coworkers, boyfriends, girlfriends, significant others. Boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. Some examples of this action could be things like, I feel uncomfortable when I hear you say inappropriate things about our coworkers, and I won't participate in those conversations. Or if you're going to talk to a friend and say, I value trust in friendship, so I can't continue this friendship if you lie to me again. Think about what you would want to hear and think about how, my next point, you can put yourself first. On the flip side, behavior doesn't have to be abuse or spiteful or to be toxic. Other behaviors can be just as damaging. For example, maybe the person in question just desperately needs your help to get them out of a bind every time you see them. Or fucking Barbara Streisand's motherfucking Madonna-ass bitch says, you're always giving and you're, they're always taking, or you feel their like emotional stability depends on you. Or maybe even Shanita over here says, that you're always giving and they're always taking, or you feel like their emotional stability depends on you. Great. You might value your relationship with this person, but don't offer support at the risk of your own well-being. If you can't... RuPaul always said, if you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love somebody else? Can I get an amen? Like, a the fuck men. You can't pour from an empty cup. And we know, I know, I know you hear that all the time. Everybody hears that. You can't pour from an empty cup. Fix it. Because if you don't put yourself first, at the end of the day, it sounds brutal. You die on the job. You die after work. You die. They're going to put your job posting up within three days. Maybe even the next day. You are replaceable, but your life is not. Because healthy relationships involve gives and takes. In other words, you offer support, but you receive support too. Taking care of yourself involves making sure you have enough emotional energy to meet your own needs. It might not happen when you're giving everything to someone who doesn't offer anything in return, but it's called a relationship. It's called being there together and understanding that I'm going to do what's best for me right now, but I know when I need to put you first. And right now I need to put myself first. Offer compassion, but don't try to fix it. And by it, I mean them. Okay. Them. People can change, but they have to be willing to put in the work to do it. 
I mean, I'm the first person that might want to help someone when it comes to things like this. All I want is to see what's best in other people, whether you understand that or not. Whether you know me and you're like, Brian, you're a fucking bitch. Like, you're right. I'm a stone-cold motherfucking bitch. Like, see you next Tuesday, girlfriend. But I care a lot about the people that I care about. And I never want to see anybody except one person on this planet Earth hurt. Maybe two. Okay. Maybe two. You can always offer compassion and kindness, but you likely won't be able to change that person. Because at the end of the day, they have to commit to putting in the effort. Trying to help someone change before they're ready can also take out all of your emotional resources for yourself. Because then you can't pour for yourself. Then you won't have a cup to pour out of. Your cup will literally disintegrate. Another big, big, big opinion that I have. Say no and walk away. I have a really hard time turning people down. I'll take on every project. I'll do everything. I'll complain about it, but I'll do it. But sticking to a refusal can also be tough, especially when someone tries to guilt you into it. But if you do decide to say no, don't back down. It's challenging, especially when they use a dramatic outburst to try and get their way. I know one too many. But the more you practice saying no to things you aren't comfortable with, the easier it becomes. Hashtag boundaries. Removing yourself from the situation can help you avoid scenes. If you can't physically leave, let's say you're in the office and you can't go somewhere, you can't go get a coffee, you can't go back into your office, you share a cube, you share a space, make it clear you're no longer involved in this discussion. Say excuse me, turn away. Remember, you aren't at fault. No matter what you believe, no matter what somebody else has told you, toxic behavior can make you feel like you did something wrong, even when you know that you didn't. No matter what manner you receive, words and you receive attacks it might get personal it might get trying they might try to twist your words or accuse you of wanting to hurt them in any capacity whether it's emotionally physically mentally verbally but at some point you might even second guess yourself and think that you could have done something differently but remind yourself that their behavior has nothing to do with you restate your boundaries and try not to take it away take deep breaths calm yourself down and mindfully acknowledge their words so you can let them go without being affected. One of the best things I ever learned in therapy, ever, literally in my year and a half, almost two years in therapy, was since we can't control the actions of other people, what we need to do is name what's happening, move through those emotions, and move past them. Because if all you do is move past the emotions that you're feeling, you're not allowing yourself to have a moment with it. If somebody makes me upset and I'm like, okay, thank you for letting me know, and then I just move on as if nothing was said, I'm not figuring out how that really made me feel. If my best friend was to look at me and be like, you're a fucking shitty friend, and I was like, okay, moved on. I then wouldn't have the feeling of, wait a minute, the person that I, I call my best friend just said that I'm not a good friend. How does that make me feel? And yeah, that therapy question, how does that make you feel, is an awful fucking question, but it's a true question. How does it make you feel? Feel the way that you're feeling. Remember you aren't at fault and move through those emotions to get yourself out of it. I always like to compare it, and this is something I found out when I was doing my master's thesis. They always say life is like a circle, right? It just keeps going and going and going. But the way that I like to look at it is it's like a square. You have to come to points at some at some time. You have to come to that top right square. 
you have to come to that top right corner. Because when you get there, you've did it. Now move on. Move to the next. There needs to be points in your life. It doesn't need to just keep going. That's called burnout. That's called stress. What we need is points, goals, things to do to remind ourselves that at the end of the day, we're in charge of ourselves. No one else is. Remember that boundaries are essential. Like I said earlier, communicate these boundaries clearly and stick to them. Stand your ground. Maybe you don't mind listening to your coworkers' dramatic stories, even the obviously fictional ones, but you draw your line at verbal abuse or gossip. So when they start mocking another coworker, say, like I said, I'm not interested in this type of conversation. Leave the room if you can, put your headphones on, make them aware that what you're doing and what they're doing is not okay. And have an exit strategy. If you're stuck in that toxic conversation and you don't see an easy way out, you might begin to worry about how to do this and how it might be looking at, how it might be seeming like you're being rude. But it's entirely possible to leave politely. It helps. Consider coming up with a few go-to lines, right? Like, so you're ready to go because everybody knows toxic people are there all the time. Try something like, I'm sorry, but I have to stop you. I've got a lot of work, so I can't chat right now. Or maybe even, sorry, I'm waiting on an important phone call and can't get into this right now. Remember, ideally, they'll respect the boundaries you set, but it doesn't always happen. It might not seem fair that you're the one who has to change. It's often worth it for your well-being. Don't get personal. Remember keeping interactions with the other person superficial. Things like be clear about how you are and aren't willing to engage. Toxic behavior will involve gossiping, oversharing details, personal information to provoke reactions. If you know someone who does these things, keep your conversations light and insignificant. Shut down attempts at prying or oversharing. And honestly, actually, I'd prefer not to talk about my relationship at work. Remain calm. Stay grounded and realize I have this problem all the time. People think they're personable. Oh, like, everybody loves me. Oh, I love being a pers- people person. I'm such an extrovert, yada, yada, yada. Like, that's great. But a lot of times, people will cross that line. And they will use those personal stories as vendettas against you. Remember that, and remember to stand in your ground. And remember who you are. My final piece of advice, and I will always, always stand on this, is work with a therapist. Find a therapist. If you find one before me, I'll fucking literally take your earlobes and put them so far up your clitoral muscles. You will literally have such a fucking STI. I swear to Christ, you will have to go to John Hopkins University yourself to get the earlobe removed from your nostril. However, if you stay involved with the person, consider getting help from a specialist. Therapists are trained. They're there to help you with difficult situations. And I ended up paying my therapist more to talk about my fucking time at work rather than talking about my relationship trauma, which is what I went to therapy for in the first place. The bottom line, sometimes cutting people out of your life may seem like the only way to escape their toxic behavior, but it's not always something that you can do. If you have to spend time with someone who exhibits toxic behavior, like a coworker, a friend's friend, a baby daddy, I don't fucking know. Remind yourself their actions aren't your fault and they're also not your fucking responsibility. It's important that they know what you're willing to tolerate. You are not in charge of them. They are not in charge of you. Toxic people will be toxic. Narcissistic people will be narcissistic. If they're making your life a living hell, stand up for yourself. Say something. Advocate for yourself. And when you can't advocate any longer... It's time to move on. Trust me, I'm getting there. I hope you all enjoyed this week's episode. I want to thank you all 
as always, for being here, listening, tuning in, subscribing, following, sharing, whatever the fuck you're doing. Maybe you're even masturbating to the sound of my voice. Thank you so much, Glenn. My listening population is literally over 65 plus. <laughs> Dilfs. All I have to say to, uh, to, to wrap this up is fucking tap your pussy, suck a dick, love yourself, love your friends, don't be fucking toxic and manipulative. It's okay to gossip sometimes because sometimes that's all that's good in our life right now because everyone else's life is boring. We need to see what's going on elsewhere. If you know of a place that has a kitchen, please let me know. If you want me to use your kitchen, please let me know. I won't cook for you, but I'll make my boyfriend do it because he's the chef, not me. If I'm still in here in October, I will probably jump out of the third floor window with no parachute into the fucking crusty, rusty old fucking backyard that is located across the street. And as always, good night, good luck, and go fucking sit on a dick. Thank you.